And there was an NBC reporter in the audience. And, and a few months later, she was nagging me in my email. And I was, I was ignoring her because every time mainstream media does a story on me, it's just pure hit piece. There's nothing fair and balanced about it. They don't tell my story. They don't say that I'm pro-medical freedom. They call me anti-vax, all the things. So finally, I agreed to do this story with NBC. And the, the reporter wanted me to know that she's the mother of three and one of them's autistic. And she said to me, why, do you, why are you doing this story? You know what we do to people like you. I did it because you have to look me in the eyes and you have to hear my story and you have to hear my son's story and then go do your hit piece. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here and welcome back to the Vibe Show. So I'm just back from an 11 city tour of Florida and maybe you knew about it. Maybe you joined us by streaming. Uh, Maybe you came to one of the 11 cities. I know we had people who actually flew in for one of the events. We had people who followed us from one city to the next. That's how passionate some people are about what all these scientists and doctors who flew in to support. I was the founder of the tour and the MC. And honestly, it was the most ambitious thing I've ever done, this tour. And today I'm going to share with you a little uh, interview I did with Ann Vandersteel, who I met in the south of Florida at our last couple of events. So 11 live events in as many days. We had five huge dramas people leaving the tour, people joining the tour. Somebody got dragged off to prison. Mainstream media took a run at me. It was really wild. Lots and lots of crazy things happened. Um, There were so many side benefits of doing this event. One of them was that I know who my friends are and I know who the people are in Florida who will really stand for truth. Not the potsters. We, We figured out who the potsters were, the people who were grifting or in it for the wrong reasons, but so many, the vast majority of people who volunteered to help um, worked so hard and, and worked for months. I mean, six weeks before the tour started, we did not have over half of our venues. And you might think, well, that's dumb. You should, there's venues everywhere, not venues who stand with us and not venues who are willing to take a stand for your medical freedom. You would think everyone is. You would think everyone could see the threat to our survival, the threat to our children's future, the threat to our ability to make choices for ourselves, the most elemental kinds of choices, the choices of what kind of injections do or don't get pushed into our body without our, without our knowledge of what's even in it. That's how existential this threat is. And you would think that everybody in the world would be standing up to it, but you would think wrong. And so it was a trick to find churches, mostly churches hosted us, uh, a big convention center where it's just so huge that they probably didn't even figure out what exactly we were about. But I was really gratified to meet tons and tons and tons of doctors and lawyers and nurses and scientists and military members who were there to thank, uh, you know, Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Ryan Cole, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone had to back out at the last second, uh, Dr. Christian Northrup, Dr. Carrie Made. Um, I know I'm missing some. 
uh, Jeff Childers, the coffee and COVID blogger, and Chris Wark, my good friend who stands for alternative cancer treatment, the right to choose a different treatment for cancer and the knowledge base that he developed when he healed himself of cancer 18 years ago. So anyways, it was an amazing experience. Uh, I knew in January of 2022 that taking this on it was like first of January, I decided absolutely to do it. And I brought in Yvette Gaw, who is absolutely amazing. And she and I butted heads about 70 times and had to make all the decisions together. You know, who goes on, who's on stage and why, and all the work we had to do and all the venues to line up. She worked her head off. Um, it was just intense. It was one of the most intense things I've ever done, but I wanted to be able to identify all the people in Florida who were willing to take a stand because most people aren't. And even most people who say they stand with us, it's a new joke between me and Peter McCullough. How many people have said to us, I I just love what you're doing. Thank you so much for your work. I want to support you, but just in the background, in the background, in other words, They want us to continue to risk our careers and really lose so much. I mean, you guys know my story. I was canceled a year ago by Square, PayPal, and Venmo. And one of my two small businesses was 100% of our revenues came from from PayPal and all the other things. I've been canceled on on Spotify. This show is no longer available on Spotify. And I can go on and on and I won't. Um, But the, the latest mainstream media taking a run at me is it's not, I know that it's not the end. Like I know that this is just going to keep happening. And if you think that I'm just made of nails and other people aren't, listen, I'm just human too. I bleed too. So I met Ann Vandersteel, who you know her as the Steel Truth in Southern Florida. And I thought you would enjoy this conversation I had where I was the guest on her show, but I'm going to share it with you because I talked about on some of the Florida stages, the story of Tiffany Pontus Dober. And that was something that Ann wanted to kind of focus on. And I share this story with you because I think it really highlights just how terrible this whole agenda is. That They will cover people up and pretend that they never existed and pretend that people who died are alive, including a young mother of two little children with someone's wife, with someone's mother, and the local media lied about her. So I kind of tell that story and some interesting things that happened after I made a very bold offer from the stage last November. So literally six months ago, I made a very bold offer from the stage to anyone who could produce Tiffany Pontus Dover alive for me in any form. And so I'll tell you that story in this interview with the amazing Ann Vandersteel, who people say, oh, you guys could be twins. And we both think that's really funny because besides both of us being tall and she's much taller and being blonde, I don't know that we look like twins at all, but I'm flattered because I think she's beautiful. So anyway, with that, check it out, you guys. Here I am with Ann Vandersteel. Robin Openshaw, it's a pleasure to have you on Steel Truth after having the wonderful pleasure of meeting you face-to-face at the Save a Generation event that you hosted in Venice, Florida a week ago Friday. Thanks for coming on tonight. Of course. Big fan of your show and your work, Anne, and I was absolutely thrilled to meet you. Well, that thank you. Liz and I appreciate that. We enjoy putting this together every night. But uh, more importantly, if folks don't know who you are, and they should, 
You've been around for a long time. You're, you are known out in the ethos as the green smoothie girl, and you've got a beautiful website. You've been a proponent for eating healthy and eating naturally for over 20 years. Uh, tell us a little bit about that right now. Well, I, I was actually injured by a certain injection that I had to get in grad school at the state hospital as a psychiatric facility where I was working. And my son was injured in the same year by a different vaccine. He was in and out of hospitals for a year. And I had to get myself well. And mainstream media likes to take hits at me saying, well, show us your medical records where you went back and proved to the doctors that you had this allergy to this jab. Well, I was dumb enough to get the flu jab so that I could keep my job. I didn't know about exemptions. I didn't know anything. No one had ever told me anything besides safe and effective. But that part of my story is actually the second blog post I ever wrote. But then I kind of left it alone for a long time because what happens when you talk about being injured is that people gaslight you, which means that they either tell you that you're lying or crazy, which they do to this day. But I actually did not go back to doctors to ask them to fix me after they broke me. I learned to detoxify myself. And it's kind of been it was my personal work for about 10 years and it's been my professional work for the last 10 years to help people, not necessarily all vaccine injured people, but just people with all the different toxic exposures, you know, 80,000 chemicals approved for use in our air, water, food products. So I've been uh, helping people get well, making the shift to a whole foods diet. Uh, When I went out there on a 450 city speaking tour for six years, I was a single mom of four, four minor children full custody, single mom of four minor children. I went out and did 450 cities in six years, just teaching people how to make green smoothies. So when I started, nobody had ever heard of such a thing really. And it was great fun. And I think green smoothies are really a household word now. Not that I'm the only one who was talking about green smoothies, but I had one of the very first uh, YouTube videos up there. You can still see it if you go look. It was one of my, I was a university professor and I had one of my students come with me after the gym and take this picture of me all sweaty making a green smoothie. And it just, it, it just started from there. And I just teach people how to eat whole foods and how to use the science of human detoxification to really bring your toxic load down and just get well, whatever, right. whatever you might be ill from all Western medicine has for us, of course, is drugs and more drugs to treat the side effects of the drugs and surgeries and technologies. And I'm grateful for Western medicine in some cases, but like most of what we do in America, we just take it too far. That's right. And God has given us all the ingredients we need right here on the planet. You figured out how to use green smoothies. I'm a big proponent. Liz and I believe in the superfoods. Uh, You do a lot more than just the greens. You have other delicious concoctions that you also make available on your website through your recipes. But, you know, the story here is right now what we're living through is big pharmaceuticals assault on and, and genociding the planet, really, with these uh, fake vaccines. These are gene therapy, and they are changing our DNA as we speak for those people who are taking it. And those people are shedding on us. So those of us in the know are taking the right supplements we can to protect our bodies from the shedding of these toxic vaccines, these toxic clot shots. Uh, Tiffany Pontus Dover Everybody remembers the nurse that got on television that was the first patient, ground zero, for taking the first mRNA shot live on television. This is her sitting here taking the shot. She seems like everything's okay. She gets excited that it's over. She claps. She seems happy. But then, Robin, 17 minutes later, she gets up. She's feeling a little dizzy. 
and she goes down. And there she is. She has fainted. She has gone down. Not looking so great after the vaccine, Robin. Uh, an NBC reporter who knows your story about speaking out against vaccines, you know, came to you and wanted to talk to you about and do a, tif- a story on Tiffany Pontus Dover. Tell us about that interaction. Yeah, so last November, so November 2021, I spoke in front of 800 people live in Tampa. So I've moved here to Tampa after running the Freedom Fight in Utah. That's a whole other story. I ran the Freedom Fight right out of the gate, started screaming that the government and the media is lying to us February 27th of 2020. So that was really early, right? That's that's like well before two weeks to flatten the curve, right? So we'll skip that story in case you want to come back to it of how I ended up raising my children, teaching at a U- Utah University, getting getting multiple degrees at Utah universities to now being full-time Florida resident. But I was invited to speak on this stage and I said, and I, you know, I didn't even plan it, but I said to this group of 800 people, I said, if you can bring me Tiffany Pontus Dover alive, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. And there was an NBC reporter in the audience. And, and a few months later, she was nagging me in my email. And I was, I was ignoring her because every time mainstream media does a story on me, it's just pure hit piece. There's nothing fair and balanced about it. They don't tell my story. They don't say that I'm pro-medical freedom. They call me anti-vax, all the things. So finally, I agreed to do this story with NBC. And the the reporter wanted me to know that she's the mother of three and one of them's autistic. And she said to me, why why are you doing this story? You know what we do to people like you. (laughs) And she really said that. She really did say that. And I said, well... And this is actually towards the end of the, the interview where I told her my story of being seriously vaccine injured in grad school and spending four years in bed. You know, I just like didn't even talk to my children about it till the past year or two because I feel like I was, so, I was just so ashamed. I was so ashamed of being so non-functional for four years when my first two children were little. Anyway, and, I, and my answer to her when she said, why, why would you do this interview knowing what... <laughs> we in mainstream media do to people like you. I said, well, I did it because you have to look me in the eyes and you have to hear my story and you have to hear my son's story and then go do your hit piece. Good. And we were both, yeah, we were both just kind of quiet for a few seconds, but anyway, so she, I, I did, I, that's why I did it, but we get a little bit into the interview and she said, well, what I want to focus on because she had told me she was in, in the audience in uh, Tampa at last November. She said, were you, were you serious when you offered $100,000 to bring, bring you Tiffany Pontus Dover alive? Or was that a stunt? And I said, well, I was serious. In fact, let me reiterate that offer to you. You're a fact checker, right? So bring me Tiffany Pontus Dover. And she said, well, what would it take? And I said, well, a Zoom a Zoom call, like you don't have to like drive to Tennessee and get her and bring her to me. Just, you know, get, get me on a Zoom call with her. I mean, it's been a few months. Let's do it. What, what are we waiting for? You like, you could take, you could take a year off. You could go play with your kids and right. go on $100, a vacation. $100,000 will buy some happiness if she can produce Tiffany Pontes Dover alive. So did she? Right. She did not. And she, she actually said, well, what, doesn't it make more sense? that she's just a quiet young lady who doesn't want to be in the media spotlight. And I said, well, except for the fact that she stood in front of a bank of many, many mainstream media cameras who um, actually didn't 
didn't run that story, but people caught it on their cell phone. And that's what went viral is the people who caught that event on their, on their cell phone. And then locally they're in Tennessee. And I've noticed this as a pattern, right? When there's a vaccine death, they'll do a local story. And, and a friend of mine, who's a PhD physicist in India, but he lives here. He helped a lot in the Utah freedom fight. He showed me there are 700 individual articles all around India so that they could say, well, we didn't ignore it. We didn't ignore it or cover it up. They do one little local story. Well, there's a little local story in Tennessee that shows a video right. of Tiffany Pontus Dover on the stairwell for Christmas. So this was early, earlier December where she had been one of the first in America to be to, to get the, the jab. And then you see like this packed room full of people. They're all wearing masks. She's a, a whole bunch of nurses and other healthcare workers on a staircase. But what was weird is not only was she wearing a mask, but she had a different part. Okay. So everyone should ask women how many times they change their part. And she had a different eye color and they passed her off as Tiffany Pontus Dover. There was also a Facebook group of tens of thousands of people who were investigating her multiple times and they deleted the group. Facebook deleted the group and people were calling folks in that small town. The husband marked himself as single. Many people screenshotted it eight days later, eight days after she collapsed on camera screenshot himself as single. And then as this became a thing and people were buzzing about it, he disappeared on social media and so did her whole extended family. And you have to remember that Tiffany Dover was very, very active on multiple social media platforms before she disappeared. It's very interesting. It's all not not only did. Yeah. She didn't just, she didn't just not produce Tiffany Pontus Dover for me and get a hundred thousand dollars. This was like three months ago this NBC thing. When she told me that she was, that's what her story was going to be on. I was like, you, do you really honestly think that NBC is going to do a story on that? You, you, have you pitched your bosses on this? Cause I don't see NBC wanting to uh, dredge up the Tiffany Dover story. No, I, I find it interesting that really nobody is talking about it except in telegram rooms and on social media sites where people are still trying to do what you're doing. Robin is investigate and figure out, you know, can we prove if she's alive or dead? But when somebody disappears like that and their whole family disappears like that, it does become very suspect that uh, people would uh, completely erase themselves on social media. It's not as if she's getting hate mail to the point of death threats for this. I think people genuinely are concerned when you see somebody collapse, you want to know what happened to them, particularly in the health and freedom movement, because most people I believe in this movement actually believe in God and they don't, you know, they don't want to see their fellow man harmed by people who are truly pushing a different agenda altogether. Okay, isn't it interesting? Yeah. Isn't it interesting how you go to these events and we stand with people of faith? That's right. I've never hung out with so many people of faith and granted, you know, my own pastors, you know, just got the third job and after I had totally educated them on it and and they ran here from a third world country 17 years ago. Right. Plenty of people of faith who are I think worshiping false idols. Um, if you're, you're, if you're injecting yourself with something, you literally don't even know what's in it. That's, that's some faith in a corrupt government that I truly don't understand. But what's, what is heartwarming is that wherever we go, we did 11 live events here in Florida this month. Yeah. Let's, we have the save a generation graphic. There it is. These are the folks that you had speaking at your recent event, um, including, uh, Venice where, where I met you for the first time face to face. It was worth doing just so I could meet you, Anne. Oh, <laughs> Robin. 
Very, very kind, very kind. But you're right. These are people of faith who are generally care about humanity and don't want to see, you know, the pharmaceutical industries taking over. You raised money for uh, Liberty Council, which is truly a group of, of constitutional attorneys that are fighting the battles of people who have been vaccine injured, fighting the mandates, et cetera. Uh, tell us a little bit about Liberty Council, please. You know, I was praying all the way up until three weeks before the event started because we raising money for Liberty Council wasn't our only goal. My first goal was because I had been out in Utah just doing every kind of battle you can think of. Built a website, ran 12 huge protests. We ran, I, I, I built out one-click letter campaigns and we would just bury our elected officials in letters standing up against digital driver's license, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports. Well, when I ran to Florida, I felt like very strongly like, you know, this, this freedom fight is pretty punishing. It's pretty rough on us. You know, like I told you there are billboards all over Utah earlier this week about me, just, you know, Fox news takes on the green smoothie girl. It's just, it's relentless. It's punishing. It's hard. And I very felt strongly felt the impression from my own maker, you don't get to fight this hard for Utah and then just go off to Florida because it's easier for you there. You got to do for Florida what you did for for Utah. And here's the problem. I didn't know anybody in Florida. You do we now. Here. Yeah, we do now. And so that was part of it is to connect all the people. Like I can't even count for you how many doctors and lawyers came and I gave them all my phone number. I can't even come close to keeping up in my phone, but now I'm connected in Florida and and we have what we need on an email on an email list to put together freedom groups and have people getting together like I have three different groups I'm meeting making them making them meet me at the same time That's here right. in Jacksonville uh next Wednesday but anyways so so the other thing was I was like well we're going to have these VIP events and this is where people who have some means come together to to meet other people who see the insanity going on in our world. Cause I'm sure everybody's noticed that most of our friends and family aren't seeing it. So, so it just, you know, you feel less crazy when you come together and Florida has not had to fight like the rest of the country has. I'm glad you're onto it. And, but you're one of not very many. <laughs> well, I, I, I do believe that, uh, well, I think our numbers are growing Robin. So I'm really not, I'm not, Dis, I'm not dissuaded from continuing in the battle, particularly down here, because we do have a governor that believes in freedom, medical freedom. He does not believe in medical tyranny. And it's attracting well, our, our state is attracting a lot of media attention and a lot of people like yourself that are standing up and taking the fight to the powers that be that are making yep. these horrific mandates that have no constitutional authority whatsoever. The battle is in education. And I believe Liberty Council is a great place for people to start because when you were challenged with mandates and unconstitutional mandates, I should say, Liberty Council is going to be in your corner to back you up and take that battle forward and win. And it's really the battle yeah. will be the people against this corrupt bureaucratic administrative state. It's not a true constitutional government we're battling. If it were, they would be of the people. And these people are not. They're of, of other powers and principalities at this point. So, Robin Openshaw, I'd like to have you on again for another segment. I want to dive deeper into some of your other stories. But you are a warrior. You're a warrior princess for, for freedom. And uh, you're battling medical tyranny and the powers that be. And I thank you so much. Thank you so much, too. And Liberty Council, everyone, they are there who I found when I was looking for who we could raise money for. Liberty Council, lc.org slash donate. Dig deep. Thank you, Robin. Thank you.